This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Let's get to our interview here with Mike Yuva, the guy that broke the story. He was had it before anyone else. And you can follow him at Mike underscore UVA. And like I kind of joked with him here, hey, give this guy a follow. He's going to be the one that breaks the news, whoever South Carolina hires. Turn on them mm-hmm. notifications because... Man, he's all over <laughs> all the news. So let's kick it over to our interview with Mike Yuva. All right, we're pleased now to be joined by Mike Yuva. He's a sports reporter for WACH Fox out of uh, Columbia. And you can, you got to give him a follow if you're a Gamecock fan. At Mike underscore UVA. The man who broke the news that Will Muschamp was out. Mike, thanks for taking the time. I really do appreciate you. Well, Mike, I've been a fan of FAR following your material since I've got down here, so I appreciate you taking the time to have me on. Well, absolutely, and uh, you know, I don't expect you to reveal any of your sources or anything. Not asking for that information, but can you give the listeners, you know, some insight in just to you know how much work goes in behind the scenes to break a big story like this with so many people chasing after it? Uh, with with again, you're the man that uh, first reported that Will Muschamp was out at South Carolina. Well, I mean, it was one of those things that as I woke up in the morning, you start getting, you know, phone calls and texts and people are trying to keep you up to date on things in terms of some of the guys that you've been fortunate to build relationships in the past, whether it's stories uh, with being able to, to break uh, Marcus Lattimore coming back to USC to work in the player in, in the you know, player development department, or we broke the story about Holinsky uh, taking over for Jake Bentley last year, but just been very fortunate to meet some of the right people. And, you know, something like this pops up, you just continue to, to trust some of these guys that you've built relationships with and they know that they, they can trust you because I was confident around four o'clock yesterday that we had the story. We were ready to go. Uh, Will Muschamp was meeting with the administration at 6 PM. And that's when he was officially told that his services were no longer needed at the university of South Carolina. But I, I was like 95% sure. And for a story like this, I needed to make sure I was a hundred percent sure. And that's why I decided to, do a little old school Boston journalism, the Boston in me, and decided to camp out in front of the ops building. And I saw Muschamp's car and the former college football player in me thinks, okay, car's there. That means he's watching film. Normal day. Players are walking in and out of the building on, a, on an off day. That's normal. And there was no team meeting scheduled at that time. But that obviously changed at 645 when players were informed of a 715 emergency meeting, something that had never happened under Will Muschamp. And that's when they were informed that Muschamp would no longer be the head football coach for the Gamecocks. So I just wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think of the decision South Carolina made to move on from Will Muschamp? Because, you know, I've never heard a bad word about the guy, about, you know, people that know him and have worked with him or or worked for him. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think I was kind of surprised in terms of just when it happened. But then when you take a step back and you look at the future, um, I, I can understand why they wanted to make this decision now be able to get it taken care of in terms of um, of being able to have a sense of direction before the early signing day period in December. Um, but also when you look at the situation in terms of the buyout and in, in the middle of a pandemic, I was kind of surprised with three games to go 
Um, especially after everything I was told, you know, leading up. I mean, there was obviously some buzz that picked up this past week. There's boosters that were upset, board of trustee members that were upset. But from everything that I was told, Ray Tanner wanted to have Muschamp finish off the season. He wanted, he doesn't like firing people in the middle of the season. Um, but I, I just, from everything I was told, after just the, the poor defensive performance once again, I mean, giving up 159 points in the last three games, over 700 yards of offense to Ole Miss, I think Tanner was kind of pushed into a corner to have to make a decision. And I think ultimately that's what led to South Carolina pulling the plug now in comparison to maybe waiting, you know, say three or four weeks from now. Now you've covered the entire Will Muschamp era here in Columbia. Uh, What do you think his lasting legacy will be at South Carolina? I think he's going to be a guy that it was a great guy, you know, and and the players will tell you that as well. Um, He was able to start off his career pretty well here in terms of being able to turn things back in the right direction after the debacle that was left behind by Steve Spurrier. And that was not an easy mess to be able to clean up, but he did a phenomenal job. I mean, that, that's the crazy part. Five seasons, well, nearly five seasons, because of course he didn't complete this year, but five seasons, 28 wins. And of those 28 wins, 22 of them came in his first three seasons. So when you think about that, I mean, he had a lot of success his first three seasons. And especially when you look at year one, even though it was, you know, just bowl eligible, we're talking here, to be able to get to that point after how that season started, to go to a true freshman quarterback in Jake Bentley, and then to be able to turn that into a outback bowl win the following year. You know, I, I, I thought Muschamp did everything that he could that he could have possibly done right in those first couple seasons, but you have to be able to show improvement. You have to be able to show growth. And that's something that unfortunately under his leadership, the team was not able to do from a consistency standpoint. And when you're not getting wins, especially in this business, especially in the SEC, decisions like that are going to have to be made. And I don't know uh, if, if the buyout was smaller, if this would have happened any sooner, or if he would have even had a chance to be able to coach this year. But ultimately, I guess that doesn't matter at this point because, you know, $13.5 million could be a little bit more depending on when that final number comes out. Muschamp's walking away with a lot of money in his back pocket. All right, this may be the most important question that I ask you here. How much plane tracking experience do you have? Because, boy, you're going to need it here in the days to come. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to make some phone calls and see if I can get people to help me out in terms of how do I do this? Um, because I definitely want to do that. I've been following, trying to find details about, you know, who that board of trustee member was who I know I don't know if the word donation would be the proper word or kind of fronted the money to help complete the buyout because I think that's what people need to realize. Why was it done this week and not last week? Someone had to front the money. Someone had to front the money. I don't think Ray Tanner's opinion really changed. I don't think Ray really wanted to make that call right now. Um, I kind of feel like he was kind of pushed in that direction and ultimately had to go with it. So I'm interested to try to find that out. If I can find that out, I have, I have ideas who, who, who it could be or the, the individuals who could have made a contribution to be able to do that. And hopefully in the coming days, I'll be able to get that information out. Is there any chance in your mind that Mike Bobo lands his job full-time, or do you think that that's not even a consideration? No shot. No shot. And the reason why I say that is, unfortunately for Mike, they could go out there. They could win out these next three games by 40 points. I don't think they're going to be able to get it. He's not going to be the guy. And the reason being is Bob Caslin, second-year president of the University of South Carolina, former Army football player, he turned things around and takes credit 
uh, for turning around Army's football program because he was part of that hiring process. And I, I think even though Ray Tanner said today during his press conference that he he's leading, he's leading the search committee, um, or leading the search for the next head coach, uh, Kaslin will obviously be a part of it. And I'm, I'm sure Kaslin, in his mind, wants to be able to find a guy that can be very similar in terms of what he's looking for and what they were able to replicate at Army. So in the other part, too, just like any company, right, the new boss, they're always going to want their guy. They want to be able to say, see, I brought this guy in. That's why it's successful. So Bobo, unfortunately, to no fault of his own, he wasn't hired as a head coach here, but he was part of the Muschamp regime. So if he does well, it falls back on Muschamp. It doesn't fall back on Kaslin looking good in terms of hiring his own guy from the outside. All right, so I know it's very early in the process, but seems like 9 out of 10 South Carolina fans, they want Hugh Freeze. What can you tell us about that? Is there any uh, is he a legitimate candidate for this job, do you think? Well, if you asked me this last week, and I know some Gamecock fans, we started playing the popsicle headache game in terms of trying to figure out the money. And at the time, like I said, I didn't think it was possible. You throw on the extra two years in terms of what Liberty just offered uh, Coach Freeze, I didn't think it was possible. But then, of course, like I said, something happened. In a large part, that has to do with a donor coming up and making a donation, or like I said, fronting the money, whatever term you want to use for that, to be able to complete that buyout, which is going to be north of about $13.2 million for, for Muschamp. So I think, I think what I can tell you is, you know, Freeze wants to be able to get back into the SEC. Um, I, I think it was probably around noon today, I got a text message from one of my close sources who's been, you know, very consistent when it comes to being right about information and I trust them and he got this over and in terms of a conversation that was had with, with freeze and freeze wants to be able to get back into the sec. And I don't think that comes as a surprise hearing that's like, all right, Michael, tell me something I don't know. But I think what people don't realize is he's willing to take that and not get paid top dollar. He's willing not to get paid as much money as he probably should. And I think if you're USC, that should make you a little, you know, perk up a little bit because money right now, it's going to be tight over at South Carolina. And even though Ray Tanner said today that he doesn't anticipate this buyout having any impact on the future of other sports at the school, you know, I was told a couple of weeks ago that at the end of the school year, South Carolina, just like we saw at Clemson, they're very likely going to have to cut a couple programs. So I don't think that has an impact because of the buyout. I think that was going to be inevitable to begin with. But being able to save any type of money that you can at any given time while still being able to get a guy that you like I think would be huge. But the problem is, and I won't say specific names, I know there's, there's, there's members of the administration that aren't huge Hugh Freeze fans, but there also are members that would love to have Freeze be the next head coach. So I've heard conflicting things, whether the SEC would stand in the way of Hugh Freeze returning to the league. I know it's early. And that's a part of it too. Right, right. So have, have you been hearing anything like that or... I know it's early in the process. Again, you just reported the firing of the coach less than 24 hours ago, but yeah, have you, have you heard anything there? There, there? There's rumbles from some of the people that I, I do speak with, but I haven't, I, I, I'm not going to lie and say, you know, I, I know the full uh, details in terms of, of that situation. So not 100% sure yet, but I would not be shocked if the SEC at this given time especially not too long ago when Alabama wanted to hire him as an assistant coach. Mm -hmm. If the SEC right now doesn't want Freeze to be back in the SEC, maybe one day they will. 
Um, is it time maybe this time around? Potentially. But I, I just don't know where it stands right now. Let's just say Freeze isn't a candidate for whatever reason. Which direction do you think South Carolina should go in? And, you know, it doesn't even have to be a specific name or anything, but maybe just a, a style of play or, or just kind of basically what other options are, are you given for the Gamecocks out there? I like Napier. I really do. I know a lot of people want to mention uh, Jamie Chadwell, and, you know, I've even brought up his names, but the more I think about it and the more I have conversations with people over at South Carolina and people that are close with the program, I don't know if Chadwell is going to be the guy right now for him because I feel like South Carolina, based on the circumstances of what's going on in the upstate with Clemson and what's going on with Georgia, I don't know if you're going to have a guy right now that you can bring in, be able to spend all this money for resources to kind of do a rebuild. I think you need to be able to bring a guy in right now who's capable of winning now. Um, And I know if that was the case for any school, they'd always do that. But I feel like South Carolina is kind of in that situation right now where they have to find a way to win now. You don't have time to go through this whole process and song and dance again like we saw with Muschamp. So uh, with that being said, if it's not a guy like Freeze, I think Napier would be good. But I think big picture, South Carolina and Tanner alluded to it today. I think they have to go after an offensive-minded coach. They need to be able to generate points. And I think it's so ironic that we sit here today and we say that because Muschamp was a defensive guru and the defense has been a mess these last couple of weeks. But for the first half of his coaching career, the offenses which really struggled during those, uh, those seasons that they weren't able to get a lot of points just because for whatever reason, they had to shuffle off its coordinators. They had to just figure out in terms of what their identity was. And the defense, for the most part, played well. That was the complete opposite this year, though, and has been. I'm glad you you mentioned Billy Napier because he's kind of related to the next question I have for you. How do you think South Carolina fans would embrace a Clemson assistant or former Clemson assistant potentially getting this job? Because uh, Tony Elliott, Brent Venables, they've both been they've both been asked about the job already. So. Do you think the Gamecocks would, would rally behind a, a former Clemson assistant? I think if you have got a guy that can come in and win, I don't think it matters who they are and where they come from. I'm sure there would be some fans that would be upset. I'm sure that there would be some media members out there that would try to make the story out of it, just like if you had one you know, player like we had with, with, with uh, Taven Feaster when he transferred from South Carolina – or transferred in, excuse me, into South Carolina from Clemson. And you had some people talking about that decision. So I think at the end of the day, if that money, if it's if that figure is right for that coach and they feel like it's an opportunity they want to take right now, then absolutely go by, go for it. Um, and then from a stand, like I said, a fan standpoint, you'll have people that will always be disappointed about things regardless of who you hire. They could bring they could bring in Hugh Freeze, right? There'll be people that would be, would be upset, upset about that. They could bring in Nick Saban, which obviously would never happen. And there'd be people that would be upset about that. So I think regardless, you're going to not be able to please everybody. So how attractive of a job do you think this is, considering South Carolina annually has to play Clemson, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, Tennessee, just go down the list. I mean, do you think this is a job where coaches, you know, coaching candidates around the nation are very eager to jump at this job? I think it all depends what coach you're asking. Um, I think a guy like Hugh Freeze, if he has the opportunity to coach here, I think he'd be willing to be able to jump on that because he wants to get back into the SEC. But for the most part, and I think this is what Gamecock fans need to realize, this isn't Notre Dame, this isn't Ohio State, this isn't Texas. This is the University of South Carolina. Yes, you're part of the SEC, but outside of two guys who are on their way out to retire, being Lou 
Holtz and Steve Spurrier, you've never really been able to land the big name coach because you're always going to be that third or fourth best option for most big name coaches. So a guy like Freeze, if he's desperate for an opportunity to get back in the SEC, you might be able to get that right away. Um, but I just think what Gamecock fans need to realize is you're not going to necessarily be able to land the big name coach right away because it's just not what some of these other schools across the country, but especially in the SEC, what they are. All right, last question for you, Mike. Regardless of who the next coach is at South Carolina, what are the key areas they need to focus on to make this program successful on the field and especially going up against Clemson? Oh, man. I think I think more than anything is you need to be able to find someone that can be able to generate points consistently. And, you know, like I said, it's ironic that we're sitting here talking about that today after USC put up 42 points, which you'd have to go all the way back to 1994 against ECU to find the last time South Carolina lost the game, scoring more than 40 points in a game that was a non-overtime game. So I think it's ironic, especially since they were 7-0 and under Muschamp when they scored 40 points or more. So I think you need to find someone that can score points because that's just the way college football is today. Um, you need to make sure that you, don't, you don't lose guys in your backyard either. Muschamp did a good job with that last year, but there were, well, there were some guys too that he missed out on. There was a receiver right down the street from Columbia, and he went to Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt, one of the best wide receivers in the state, and he's making an impact out there. And South Carolina right now is struggling to find a true number two receiver. So being able to establish the backyard recruiting, being able to get guys that um, you can be able to move the sticks, be able to generate points is going to be huge. But you need to be able to find guys, too, that are going to buy into your system because they have some talented players right now at that school. But who knows how many of those guys are going to be bought in depending on who gets brought in because a lot of those guys are hurting today because they were big must-champ guys. All right, he's Mike Yuva, sports reporter, WACH Fox in Columbia. You can follow him at Mike underscore UVA. If you're not following him already, you're doing it wrong. Hell, I've got the notifications turned on, Mike, because I know when the when South Carolina oh, names geez. a coach, you're going to be the one breaking it. I want to get the fans <laughs> uh, doing the same here. So thanks again. I really, really do appreciate you hopping on, and congratulations on the scoop and, and just the terrific insight you provided here. No, I really appreciate it, Mike, and like I said, big fan of your work, and I appreciate you having me on.